the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, Session 7. Last week, we looked at strongholds in our lives. This week, the battle for our minds. Obviously, we've been looking at who we are in the Lord. Much so important to speak those over your life every day, every day, as we look at the moment. We looked at the world, the world's influence, um, its thinking, its trying to squeeze us. Then we looked at the flesh, which is the old patterns of our life, and, and uh, that squeezing. And last we looked at those strongholds that, that we've, we've, we've lived and thought and believed, and they are not true. And uh, we've got to change those, bring them down. The Bible says our weapons are strong to bring all the strongholds down. And tonight we're going to talk about um, uh, the enemy, um, the devil. Um, and so important to realize that um, what he is, what he does, what he tries to do. Um, Lord Field Marshal, Lord Montgomery, um, won that great battle, didn't he, in uh, uh, Egypt, on, in the desert there. And he said this, um, how did he win? His main subject of studies, study was not terrain, not weaponry, but the character and outlook of his opposite number, General Rommel, the Desert Fox. He realized how important it is in any battle to know your enemy. Know your enemy. Thankfully, the Bible is very clear how he works. Paul says, we'll read in a moment, we're not unaware of his devices. He's got the same ways, the same plans. You can go back to Genesis and see how he works and uh, just look at the plans and purposes. But the first thing we must note is that the devil is not a metaphor for evil. He's not um, some figment, you know, green, you know, uh, red pick fork, uh, pick a fork and, and that kind of imagery don't we we have from the cartoons uh, but he is very real and although we don't overestimate him as we see in a minute we don't underestimate either uh, because you know he's taken many many people out isn't he so the first thing the battle is real he is real and um, if we think that we are exempt no 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 we are the main target for the devil now, don't be in fear now, because we'll see in a moment. Uh, we, we are living victory. Christ is in us. He's, he's with us. But we are his, his target. Now, in a sense, the world is not his target, because the world's under his control. And most people go on with their lives without ignoring the Lord, ignoring spiritual matters. So, mostly, he's not interested in that. Um, he, he knows that given, given a man's ways, his flesh, he will go our own way. We'll do our own thing comfortable we don't give them, we don't think about the gospel but me and you who are trying to serve the lord trying to seek him he's after us and uh, so we'll see so you let's read a few verses john 10 10 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy i have come that, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly devil is come to steal um means to rob waste or distract to kill, to ruin your potential, and to utter, utterly destroy you. So there's no remembrance. See, there's, there's a process of what he wants to do in your life. And uh, that's his work. That's his work. Jesus told us that. How about John 8? John 8. Jesus said to him, Satan has 
42-45. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's a liar, he's a murderer, We'll, we'll rattle through a few of his names in a minute. See, so his names will tell us what, what he's like. Um, but of course, in our world, not so much in the East or in Africa, we, again, we talked about that the physical, what we can see, we think is, is real. But the spiritual, because we can't see it, is a little bit vague. And we, it, a lot of people think it's not even existent, don't they? In, because I can't see it, don't believe it, which is the most ridiculous thing to say in the world. But that's what people say. But what does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 4, that which is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. But what is seen is temporal. And uh, that's an interesting th thought, but as we just mentioned the other day about quantum physics, now they're realizing, oh, wait, wait a minute now. Uh, this is what we thought, but science always catches up with the Lord of course so if we if we bury our head in the sand to this battle to our enemy um, as he said he said we have um, you leave a big target exposed if you put your head in the sand okay you're going to be exposed now we don't understand that if we don't see the battle we are likely to be taken out I would just listen to someone today but re recognize our identity Remembering who we are. Remember who we are. We are the light of the world. We are children of God. We are blood-bought. We are uh, children of the living God. We are saints. We are those things. And we, we forget the power of identity. And of course, we, we forget the power of fellowship. Identity, the devil wants to isolate us. When he isolates us, let me tell you, he'll pick you off. Don't ever, oh, I can, no, you won't. Because the Bible is not designed for that. He'll pick you off. And of course, he loves to infect us, as we'll see in a moment with uh, maybe sin or, or wrong thoughts or um, deception. So let's look at who the, who the is. Satan the deceiver. Um, what, does he, what does the Bible say? How many words we've got? Satan, daystar, Lucifer, anointed cherub, devil, which means accuser, tempter, ruler of the world, God of this age, evil one, Beelzebub, Rule of the demons, enemy, adversary, roaring lion, murderer, belial, destroyer, dragon, old serpent, deceiver of the world. Not very nice titles to the devil. So we understand, we're just getting a picture of who he is. But remember who he's not as well. Now, he, he, when we come to him, he's, 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 he's a created being, okay? Um, he can only be in one place at one time. But remember... We just read that passage, which you know, the Bible doesn't really give us a great picture, but it gives us an understanding that uh, he has, he's, he's got a hierarchy, and, and our battle is against principalities and powers, and he gives a little list there, and we just nip, nip into Daniel 10, and we see these princes of areas where, where, where we battle against in, in our prayer, and, and Michael and, and the angels are battling. So we, we get an understanding that although he's only one place at one time, he has many, many of his... Uh, is cohorts, demons, fallen angels around doing his work. If you've never read um, Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, it's an interesting read. 
It's it's um, uh, letters from a uh, from Screwtip, who is, a, is a, what we call a senior demon, to Wormwood, who, who is his nephew, who is an inferior demon, who he's trying to train and mentor. And obviously, they're after a, a man called um, uh, the patient, I call it. And he's trying to tempt him out of the Christian life. And it's some really interesting, and, and because C.S. Lewis got a good, good brain and, and a good way of putting things, it's really interesting how he puts it. You know, it's, of course, it's fiction, but some real good um, principles there. How the devil trips us up, or tries to trip us up, in different ways. So that's interesting. Um, so we see uh, he's only one place at one time, and of course, um, although he's the god of this world, let's read that. Just make sure we're on the right place. Two Corinthians four, uh, three and three to five. But if our gospel be in it, it is in it to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So he is the God of this world. Um, you see, when we sinned, we fell. But the devil came in to begin to control the system, the world system. We, in one sense, we handed over uh, the authority and dominion to him to a certain extent. But of course, we must remember, got to remember that he's created, his power is limited. He can't, uh, when Michael came, that's all he said was, the Lord rebuke you. And that was it. So we must remember that, but again, as we say, don't underestimate him, because we have a world uh, which we see uh, being deceived by him. Um, majority of the world is still unsaved, isn't it, percentage-wise? So we never underestimate him, because he's done, a, a, in a one sense, a, a fairly good job in deceiving and blinding people. But remember, we come through the cross, and when we come to the cross, we have infinite power. Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 13, 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. Triumphant over them by the cross. That's a great picture. He defeated them. He, in, in one sense, made a public show that no longer Jesus victorious over sin and death and hell. So if we're in his hands, we are safe and secure. Um, but he is victorious. Remember, um, Satan doesn't know everything either. Now, We'll just show in a minute. Because remember Nebuchadnezzar came and said, right, I've got a dream, boys. Um, but I'm not going to tell you the dream. You've got to tell me the dream and then tell me the interpretation. I'm thinking, that's a bit of a... Of course, God was using it to open the way up for Daniel and his friends. Um, but of course, those sorcerers, those sorcerers, if, if the devil could read minds, those sorcerers would have had a word from the devil or their demons or their spirit guide, if you like, and would have... But of course... They didn't, because he can't read your mind. Now, let me just say, he's got a good idea of what you're thinking because of, he's, he's examined you. He's seen how you live. He's seen how you've fallen. He's seen how you, how you behave. So he's got a good idea. And of course, um, 
you can put thoughts into your mind, can't we? If I were to yawn now, how many's going to go yawn with me? I feel maybe in a minute. You see, that's just subliminal, isn't it? I put in a thought in your mind. You see, because he knows you, he knows how you tick, he knows how you think, he can drop thoughts into your mind that he knows will get you ticking, get you down the wrong alley. Because he can make a pretty good guess of who you are. We've got to be careful, haven't we? Sometimes we look at our world and we, I, I, me, I get angry sometimes at different things happening in, in, the, in, in the news and things. But we've got to remember, our battle is in the heavenlies. We forget that. We even sometimes forget in the church. Because we can look at someone and think, oh, dear me. But remember, the battle is in the heavenlies. Uh, behind the system, behind. So, um, he's got plenty of things. Now, he puts things in our minds. The Bible says in the last days, people will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. That's happening, isn't it? What do we see? Some, and you've got some examples there of the devil putting things into, our, into your mind. Do you follow? David, um, the Bible says, it's a couple of things you've got to watch there. But ultimately, the, the Lord allows the devil to put a thought into David's mind to count the army. Well, of course, um, that's all to do with pride. Didn't need to count, did he? Because God was his, his provider. God was his refuge. God was his strength. But of course, he also had an issue with Israel. But ultimately, that wasn't David's thought initially. But the Lord thought, let me drop, the devil thought, let me drop that into his, his thinking a minute. And of course, even Joab, who wasn't the best, said, no, 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 you don't need to do this. But of course, David said, look, we're doing it. We're doing it. He dropped that thought into his mind. What does the Bible say? Judas Iscariot. Uh, John 13 to Judas Iscariot, the devil had already prompted. Word means to put into the heart or to actually cast it. The, the devil just threw out a thought. And of course, Judas, the thief, the money grabber, just because uh, he couldn't see who Jesus was, grabbed a hold of it. It was a thought from the enemy. Although they thought, probably thought it was a good thought, their thought. Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias, why has Satan so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? We, we see that, and we see Ananias and Sapphira being struck down dead there. Um, you say, why don't we see that today? Well, I'm saying, good job, we don't so much, I'm telling you. Because some of us would be in, in glory by now. But it, remember, it was the early church. God wanted to remind them the truth. You can't compromise on truth. You can't compromise on integrity. Because it, the, the church has to be based on that. Um, but, of course, he drops thoughts in our hearts, doesn't he? Don't think you can change. You are this. You are that. Again, those strongholds in, of the enemy. This is what happened before. It'll happen again. This is how you behave last time. It'll behave again. And, and all those thoughts, the devil just drops in because he knows how we are and he puts those thoughts in our minds. Temptation. <laughs> He's good at that, isn't he? Dropping things in. Just, just putting a couple of words out, isn't he? What about if we were um, in a race and, of course, that track set before us is clear now the lord may put some obstacles and some hurdles in the way 
but it will only be on our lane. If we stay in lane, we keep our eyes on him, keep eyes on him, we're going to be all right. But of course, what happens? We've got a crowd across there, and they're going to say to us, oh, look over here, come and get it. This will make you feel better, and no one will know. What about this? This is really important. Come and do this. This will be a good work for the Lord. You know what you want. You know what you want to. You know you want to. And uh, we easily distracted off by temptation. Just drop in little thoughts, just thoughts. And of course, generally, that's all he's got to do because our flesh then takes over as we looked last week, didn't we? Drop a thought in, flesh takes over. How about accusation? As soon as we go to temptation, what does he do? He's the, he's the traducer. He's the one who comes and says, well, 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 Dave, well, you were supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be a leader. Just look what you've done. Look what you just said. Look how you behaved. You failed again. You were useless. You're an excuse for a Christian. You may as well give up, sit down, and uh, let it all go beside all over you. Just wait to get to heaven. I tell you, many people have given up because they've listened to the lie of the accuser. Listen to the lie of the accuser. Bold face lies. Um, deception. Of course, of course he uses that, doesn't he? Accusation. <laughs> um, the question is, uh, jump in before, but how many of us, if we were honest, have been tempted this week? Probably all of us. How many of us have been accused this week? Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. All of us would honor that. But if I would say, how many of us have been deceived this week? Now that's a more difficult one to know because the trouble is we don't know if we deceive until we know it, we come to the end of it, do we? Because we think sometimes we go in the right direction, the right way, um, and the devil is all behind that lies. Uh, deceitful. Trying to take us the wrong direction. Trying to veer us off. He loves to, he doesn't mind. Um, in that book, Screwtape Letters, uh, one of, one of the, 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 the young demons is trying to uh, uh, get the, the man with big sins, you know? Um, uh, you know I say adultery and, and uh, drunkenness and all those things. And, and the, the, the main demon says, no, 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 no. He said, the slow, steady path away from the Lord Slow and gentle, with no signpost, he said. Slow and gentle, take him slowly away from the kingdom. See, he doesn't mind us drifting. That's what we talked about, 160, remember? Every 60 miles, they checked, don't they? Um, those, those, those pilots to see. One degree out on 60 miles, you, 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 you've gone a mile away. And um, it's amazing that we can easily drift off. And he doesn't mind that. He wants us to wander. He wants us to wander. Well, of course, the devil is the one behind. It isn't that dairy milk. It isn't that drink. It isn't the opposite sex that is the tempter. The devil's the tempter. He just uses those to get, um, get us to, to veer off. But those voice of the accuser, ah, oh, we said before, I'd never change. Can't change. I'm this, I'm that. God doesn't really love me. How can he love me? I'm, I'm different from everyone else. And we listen and we go down that, that point. Pointless. He is the accuser. He always accusing before heaven. Let's read these verses. Zechariah, great verses from heaven. Zechariah 3, 1-7. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And he said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of Israel, 
and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with, clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he, he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among those, among these who stand here. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Joshua the high priest standing before the Lord with all the dirty clothes on him, and who's there? The devil is the accuser. Look at him. Look at him. Look at his life. Look at the mess. And the word soiled there, his clothes are soiled, it means excrement. Really still filthy. And he's saying, you, you look how filthy this man is. And the Lord says, oh, I'll make him clean. Clothe, a new turban on his head, clean mind. New clothes, robe of righteousness. But listen now, that's not just where he leaves him, does he? Listen to what he says. Then the Lord repeated, admonished him, and says, now walk in my ways. Do your service, perform what I've given you to do, your gifting. Then you will be, you will have um, given my house. Then you will have authority. Then you will have, you will be in the courts of the Lord and you will have free access. It's a beautiful picture. You see, God cleans us up so we can walk with him and fulfill our function and our purpose. Now, if the devil can stop us and, and stop our potential, he doesn't mind. Because he, 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 he wants us to stop fulfilling what God has given us. So he'll use any way. He will accuse, he will tempt, he will try and deceive us. That's his job. But our job is, don't, we talked about last week, don't give him a foothold. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him a little a space where he can come in. Um, of course, in that particular Ephesians 4, talking about our behavior, our attitudes, um, all those things. 2 Corinthians 2 um, 10 to 11 um, said, We are not unaware of his devices. Um, right in the middle, what is that talking about? It's talking about unforgiveness. Now, last week we talked about strongholds. We see, I suppose we have three main areas in our lives that really, that we've got to really grapple, grapple with. One is our temper, one is our stubbornness. And one is our unforgiveness. Uh, we have other things that are peripheral to that, but you, you think of your life and the three things that really, really, really have tripped you up. Temper. Oh, I'm going to temperative. Stubbornness. Let me tell you, some of us are stubborn, aren't we? Gee, don't you tell me what to do. Well, well, well. And, and, and forgiveness. And you know what? We all have had issues in our life. We, all, we, we looked last week at things have gone astray in our life that we need to forgive. We've got to get rid of it. Why? Because it's a foothold. It's a foothold. And in 2 Corinthians 2, he said, now you've got to release it. You've got to forgive them. Otherwise, what will happen? 
It'll be a foothold. And we are not unaware of his devices. And we see in our world, even in the church, immorality and divisions between Christians because they've never dealt with the footholds. Never dealt with the footholds. Never been honest with God or with each other sometimes um, of what he, what he is and what he wants to do. So we see the enemy um, influencing, accusing. Of course, the Bible says he goes like, around like a roaring lion, seeing who they, he may devour. He does influence. Of course, he does. He comes and he speaks into people's minds and hearts. He's blinded the unbelievers. Of course, he has. Um, and even, even, um, remember Peter? What's the Bible say? Peter, who do you say that I was? Well, he's talking to the, the disciples. Who do you say? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, well done, Peter. That's given you by God. God revealed that to you. And on this rock, I will build my church. Gates of hell will not prevail. Now he said, now you know what's going to happen. He said, now we're we going to Jerusalem. And when we're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And Peter, he, he was on a roll now, wasn't he? No way. You will not do that. You can't do that. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You have in your mind the things of men, not the things of God. So the, you see, he can use even any of us, in a sense, to influence the situation. Um, to further his agenda, sadly. Even we can do that, can't we? See, gossip is furthering his agenda, isn't it? What's gossip? Confessing someone else's faults. Of course, and uh, we're pretty good at that. But you know what? Uh, the devil knows how, how easy that filters through and causes issues in the body. And um, of course, in one sense, uh, to generalize, we mustn't generalize, but this is a generality, ladies are more prone to gossip and men are more prone to criticizing. That's, that's, that's a big generalization, but that's generally how things pan out both as bad as one another both will cause difficulty and troubles in in the in the house and in your life etc etc so we see the enemy giving deceiving photos don't give him a place even legitimate needs that we have don't fulfill them by illegitimate means jesus was was hungry 40 days Never done 40 days, but let me tell you, after 40 days, well, although you go through peaks after a few days, you, you, you don't get so hungry, but then it comes back up. Um, but he's, he's hungry. A legitimate need. Turn these stones into bread. Legitimate need. But it was an illegitimate way to do it because he, would, he was going to do it at the enemy's behalf, on the enemy's say-so. It wasn't, it, he wasn't going to rely upon God's supply. It was God's timing. See, the easy. Now you could have said, well, yeah, that's fine. But no. See, and sometimes we have legitimate needs, but we fulfill them by illegitimate means. Instead of waiting for what God's going to do, instead of waiting for God's supply, God's timing, we short circuit. Abram did it, didn't he? Abram did it. Lord, I can wait, uh, but not that long. I've heard your word, Lord, but let me short circuit it. So we see. Um, Owned never, of course, because um, we are the Lord's. 
Understand. Now, here we go. Because we can be saying, oh, Dave, I'm a bit fearful now. Well, look, understand your position in Christ. That's where we started where we were. We started where we are. We're outside of God. Then now we, who we are inside when we are his. Listen to what the Lord has done. John, 1 John 3, 7 to 10. righteous just as he is righteous he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil whoever has been born of god does not sin for he is for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of god in this the children of god and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Very clear that, isn't it? Um, the, our, our, our lifestyle, our behaviour shows if we're really saved. See, it's no good saying, I believe. Well, let's have a little look then. Let's see if you are pursuing righteousness or if there's persistent sin, you've got to go back and say, wait a minute now. Because the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. And when he's in us, doesn't say we're perfect, doesn't say we don't trip up. That's not what he's saying. If there's persistent, deliberate thing, we've got to say, God, there's, this, there's something wrong here. If there's a foothold, we've got to get used to it. If there's a strong, we've got to rip it down. We understand our position in God. We understand who he is. Remember who he is. Um, there we are, Ephesians 1. Now he's far above every, every heavenly realms, far above authority, dominion, every title, nothing. And God's placed all things under his feet to be appointed head over everything. Who are we? Where are we tonight? God raised us up with Christ and we are sat in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Now Dave will say, Dave, I don't feel like that. All this thing, and I got this, and I got that, and I'm feeling. Look, what do we say? Take God's word and replace our feeling. We don't dictate it. But next week, about three weeks now, sadly, we'll talk about um, feelings, emotions, but we take God's word, sword of the spirit, and say, this is who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. All authority is the Lord's. And what did he say to us? Now I go and send you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. I am not. You are mine. So you we are who we are in Christ. Who Christ is? Because we are his. We can say. We just read it. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. We have the whole armor. We have the whole armor to destroy and to defend us. But make sure you put it on. Isn't it? Again, if in your own strength, that's why we say be very careful. Sometimes we, we listen to the, we wouldn't, in a, in a war, we wouldn't go into enemy territory without uh, cover of, of, of the army or the say-so of our headquarters. We wouldn't um, listen to the propaganda of the enemy, would we? But how often? We listen to the propaganda of the world. We, we, we think we can go here, there, and everywhere, and... No, no, whoa, 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 slow down. Walk with the Lord. Listen to where he wants you to do. Listen to what he wants you to go. And certainly cut that, uh, we'll see in a moment, listen to how we listen, what we listen to. Yeah, James 4, James 4. 
7 to 11. James 4, he talks about the world, flesh, and the devil. Write those for the verses beforehand. Tells us uh, where we are. And they had drifted away. They'd gone from the Lord. And then he says, look, 10 things you need to do. 10 things you need to do. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Bless the Lord. Um, uh, and then he says, draw near to God. Draw near to you. Change your behavior. Change your attitude. Change your, all the things around you. This is, you can't do that. You see, outside of Christ, when we Christ, we have the ability to do that. He gives us the ability, everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 6 to 9. And will yourselves lay forth unto God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, as he fears for you. Be self-controlled and alert, the enemy the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. He is out roaming to devour, to swallow, to, to attack. But the Bible says, take your stand. Again, in Christ, who he is. And of course, again, we've got to be careful. We don't, that cycle of sin, repent, sin, repent. We need to stop that and smash that. But in Christ, in Christ, we have the victory. Bless the Lord. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is quite uh, up to date, although this was done many years ago. Um, but it's quite funny. Um, if we know there are germs about, which we do, of course, uh, do we get so fearful, we mask up, well, we do these, we mask up like that, and we spray it, I know some people like this, mine, before the COVID, spraying everything around, and uh, one of the girls in work, she, everything's domestic and dental and everything, and, and, and we become like hypochondriacs. Now, we know there are germs, before we, of course, remember it was um, Lister, it was Lister, yeah. Um, uh, he, he introduced germ before that they didn't know so they didn't wash their hands before surgery and that's how many people got died and, and all and they didn't believe him did they he was a Christian didn't believe him and the, the greatest opposition he had was from the scientists uh, they always know the best of course and they said well I don't talk well we can't see it but of course we don't go we don't behave like that do we generally um, because because why because we know germs are all around us yet we just know they're there but we accept them but we as long as we Look after our bodies, good rest, good exercise, good diet, wash your hands, obviously. We don't get fearful. Of course we don't. And some people, uh, sadly, when we begin to talk about the devil, when we talk about the demonic world, they see demons everywhere and they're frightened of this, find that that noise down the road is a demon. No, 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 no. Our mind is on the Lord. You see, the devil doesn't mind us even being distracted 
to looking at the, at the demonic world and all his, his ways. Look, look, look. Whoa, the Bible says, take your stand. In Ephesians 6, says, pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray. I don't know what's going well. I can have a good idea what's going on in the spiritual realm because I can see what's happening in, this, in, the, in the world. But we don't get caught up in that too much. We get caught up with the Lord. We look to him. And, and if he directs our thoughts to pray in a specific way against a specific thing, then we go for it through the power of the risen Christ. Of course we do. But we don't see things. Somebody, we see things. Whoa, whoa, slow down. Get your eyes on the Lord. See, we got our eyes on the Lord. We don't get def deflected, deceived. Because, um, we again, we may think it's right. Oh, dear, I think it's right. Well, careful. Because we can easily be deceived, can't we? What does the Bible say? Um, guard your minds. See, again, we must be careful about our minds. What does uh, 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16 say? I love the, the, the AV said, gird up your loins. Lovely picture of uh, an Eastern um, man who, who, they wear long robes, didn't they? So when they were sitting down relaxing, the robes were free. But when they wanted to go on a journey or they had to run or make haste, they girded up, up their, their robe and tucked it into their belt. Otherwise, they'd be running and they'd be falling and they, they would be hindered. Gird up your loins, be sober, means free from um, intoxicants, be absolutely clear of mind, it says, be sober, um, because he wants you to see and be clear. It, nothing, nothing goes from our mind. You see, everything comes through our mind. Sometimes we want to turn our minds off. Don't ever turn your mind off. The trouble is now, in these, these day and age, we've had Eastern mysticism creeping in all around us. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about mindfulness before we go on to this uh, illustration. Mindfulness is um, from Eastern mysticism. It is um, evil. If you like, if you're listening tonight and you've been involved, no, 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 get from it. Is it anything, anything that has an Eastern Buddhist Hindu, it's all about me. I have the power. I. No, you don't. You've got no power at all. You, we, are, we, we are made in the image of God, but we are sinners. And uh, if you try and empty your mind, the devil will fill it with, with nonsense. Um, I was just reading uh, this by you, and... Um, uh, by a lady who's a doctor, assistant professor of psychiatry and human behavior at Brown, Brown University, who is herself a mindfulness practitioner. But this is what she said. I've seen those who've been engaged in Buddhist meditation, which it really is, um, can become detached from themselves, experience dark psych psychotic hallucinations, feelings of terror, compulsion, even to kill themselves. Some quite literally lose their minds. Perhaps it's better called unmindfulness. See, what it is, is tapping into that new age philosophy that I am God. It's in me. The created things, not the creator. Now listen to this. This is sad. This is how much has crept into the church. This kind of uh, thinking and teaching. 
Um, I, I, she said, I was a committed Christian. I was on difficulty with some painful childhood memories caused by growing up in an abusive home. Several years ago, I attended an inner healing seminar in my church to hopefully get some help. Wanting all the Lord had for me, I fully participated in guided imagery. The leader of the entire group told us to close our eyes, quieted our minds with music, and imagined we climbed onto a magic carpet and took us to a beautiful meadow with a lake, then led us into several imaginary events. To think about it now, she said, makes my skin crawl. She said, I know that those were from the adversary. Because of this, great turmoil came in my life. And desperately, because of the great turmoil and desperately needing help, I flew to see my sister. Her pastor and wife led me through this course, the steps, freedom in Christ. And we had an awesome encounter. I didn't realize that um, uh, the, what I was into, what, what ha happened. I learned to look forward, she said, after that to my prayer life. And this purple color light that had guided me in many situations, I now know this was of the enemy. And I'd been deceived. Even my pastor didn't think this color purple was anything and this spirit guide meant nothing. Sadly, she said, because of this, her family broke down. Her son is alienated from her. She's not even in that church now. All because we are easily deceived. There's a legitimate need. Legitimate need, difficulties, issues, problems, but through illegitimate means. And we've allowed it in. Remember talking to um, Nick, they were doing mindfulness in, in the infant junior school. It is Eastern mysticism. And it's dangerous, of course, because we're looking at me. We're allowing the enemy in. Don't empty your mind. The Bible says fill your mind. Meditation, absolutely, on God's word, on God's character, on who he is. Fill your mind with God. Let him direct it. Let him clean your mind. So, easily done. Guard your minds. Turn on the light. Bless the Lord. Turn on the light. You see, we are the light of the world, but and I, we are not. Again, we so often. Uh, we were just listening this morning. So often we we come into a room and we see darkness. And and this chap said, because we are Pentecostal, we rebuke the darkness. We take authority over the darkness. And he said, look, just turn the light on. Turn the light on. Be who we are in Christ. Live for him. Show him. Shine for him. We are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. Of course, the trouble is, he said, you're the salt of the earth, but don't lose your saltiness. You are the light of the world, but don't put it under a bushel. Let it shine. We, Jesus is the light of the world. Of course he is. His word is light. Turn the light on. And we are the light of the world. Thankfully, bless the Lord. We've got to, again, use our thinking, our minds, be very careful with counterfeit. Um, counterfeit currency. I don't think I've ever, well, if I've ever had a, a counterfeit and what I spent and no one said anything to me. More and more difficult to counterfeit these days, of course, but years ago, um, of course, they use the infrared light, the UV light as well, don't they? But generally, how, to, how the bank tellers recognize a counterfeit was because they knew what the true one was like. They didn't, they didn't um, examine counterfeit bills. They just examined what was true, what was real. So when they knew something was real, they knew that off by heart, that real bill. So when a counterfeit came in, they knew, that, well, this, isn't, this, isn't, this, isn't, this doesn't match up 
to the real, so we'll put it aside. See, sometimes we get caught up, and look, let me look at all these counterfeits. No, no, no. Get into the truth. Let truth, know the truth, be in the truth, so when something counterfeit comes, you can say, hmm. Even if you're not sure, if there's a uh-uh in your spirit, let me, whoa, let me slow down, let me, see, let me see that worked out. So we examine the defense against deception is to come intimately acquainted with truth. Intimately acquainted with truth. Let's read our last reading, which is beautiful, which again, gets our minds right. Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Do not be anxious about anything. Do everything by prayer and petition. In thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's great advice, isn't it? Take thought about nothing, but in everything, present it to the Lord. That's the power of prayer, isn't it? Oh, dear, I got all this on me. Well, you know what to do with it. Cast your care on him. Come into his presence. And however much you're resistant, how much there's distractions, get into his presence. Get your mind thinking on good things, on godly things. Don't allow the devil to filter in. And you know what? The, even if we, if we watch what we watch and listen to, even, even then we have things that filter in. You, you can't even, well, you won't go to shop this next two weeks anyway. But you go to a shop and there's, there's music all around you. There's no quiet anywhere, is there? And, and, and so that's all that's filtering in it and it's going into our hearts and minds. And he says, if anything's excellent, think about such things. Now, again, that particular word, think about such things, is the word we've been looking at the last few weeks from Romans 6, reckon. Reckon yourself dead to sin. It's a, it's a mathematical term. It's a calculation. It's an estimation. And he says, do not think, or he said, think about these things. What he's saying is do it deliberately. Do it with intention. Get your mind on great things. Good things, godly things. So what happens then? We, 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 we are filtering out all the rubbish. So anything that comes, we can see it. We can see deception. We can see corruption. Okay. Um, so all the things tonight, the devil would come. He's a lying, deceiving, but his ways haven't changed, is he? Genesis 3, doubt, deception, delay, discouragement, defeat, all those things, you can see them all. Uh, and uh, it's amazing. He came and did the same to Jesus. Same things. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Food. He must have been 40. He must have been starving. All between two bread carts. But no. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. Look, if you, if you fall down before me, I'll give you all this. I'll make you king. Pride and all those things. You see, it hasn't changed. We're not unaware of his devices. I've got one more verse. Any one more verse? Can I have one more verse? For such, for such are false apostles. 
deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to them. Um, Shakespeare, we're up high ground now. This is what Shakespeare said: "The devil hath power to assume a pleasing shape." It's very good. He masquerades, and of course, in that. In Corinthians, there were false apostles. Oh, you come this way, live this way, behave this way. He says, be careful. They're masquerading. They're changing their appearance. They're changing their form. And no wonder, he said, the devil can do that. He appears. It appears. Isn't it amazing? We, we can think of, of, of certain teachings. That sounds plausible. That sounds good. But be careful. It's source and it's result. Root, fruit. Where is it from? what's it producing um, so important we hope you've enjoyed this episode to find out more about our church including our service times visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org